Welcome, Welcome to E-Society Podcast. Hey, hey, what's up? It's Azizu back again, E-Society Podcast. And it's Spotify time. But before I go any further, it's the news. Yo, yo, what's up, everybody? I mean, yeah, Spotify time, no more anchor. Well, it's basically the same thing. I just rebranded it so well i'm glad it's still free we don't gotta pay so but uh tonight we're coming at you with another list this is from 80skids.com 12 of the most iconic movie characters from the 1980s so we're gonna run down this list and just give you our thoughts on each of these characters um, the pictures that are showing right now on the, for the article is Doc Brown and Marty McFly from Back to the Future, the first one. So, but all right, number twelve, Chunk from the Goonies. <laughs> what did you think of him? Is he is he an iconic character of the eighties? Oh yeah, definitely. Um, obviously, one of the most iconic from the film itself. Uh, most of the characters are in that film and it's interesting just how influential the film has come over the years like it's it's one of those that was uh up there as far as you know one of the most rewatchable ever films it just you know you just one you can always throw on over the years and uh it's funny now, even even nowadays, something as new as uh, Skeleton Crew, the upcoming uh, Star Wars TV show on Disney Plus, they talk about uh, it having a Goonies vibe. You know, they talked about Stranger Things having a Goonies vibe. So, yeah, I mean, you could have chose any character from that, but yeah, of course, uh, super iconic. Yeah, a little foul mouth character from the film. He was funny from beginning to end. I uh, wasn't really sure if he popped up in things here and there, but he was never like uh, the same role again as Chunk. He popped in at just some small little role uh, on here and there. But I believe he is a uh, entertainment lawyer now because I believe he is a short rounds lawyer because he was there with him at the Academy Awards when he won. So that's cool. Like he stayed in the business in, in, in a, in a way still. So good that, uh, he's still, uh, out there doing his thing. I heard that they were gonna do another Goonies with all of them. Uh, okay. <laughs> but I don't know. I don't think it would be, unless it would be them and their kids, but I don't know. I mean, I don't, he uh before he uh you know broke back through in a big way with uh everything everywhere uh Kei Hyung was on the, um, this uh Netflix movie that had some Goonies inspiration and it was interesting there how uh he was he was actually kind of playing an older version of himself in that film from from Goonies. What was it called? 
I'm going to look it up right now. It was, uh, when it first came out, I watched it on, uh, Netflix, but, uh, yeah, here, it's not that long ago. So let me pull up his, uh, oh yeah, it was the, it was the film right before on his IMDb before everything everywhere. It was uh, finding Ohana. His character. Um, I did see that. Okay. Yeah. I remember you mentioned it. Right. Is basically like his, his Goonies character, you know, all these years later, basically. But yeah, Chunk was cool. I liked him. I mean, every, every time he was in a scene, he was awesome. And when he hooked up with um, Sloth, that was funny. And that whole, my favorite scene of him is when uh, the Fatellis had him, tied up and then they were like all right kid now tell us everything and then he just went into his whole life story <laughs> but it was it was hilarious and of course the truffle shuffle when mouth made him do that dance in front of uh mikey's house and everything but yeah he he's awesome man he's he's hilarious through the whole thing uh always eating and just uh, he's the one that told all kinds of lies and Michael Jackson went to the bathroom at his house and stuff like that. But he's hilarious, man. But, um, yeah, I mean, when you think of the 80s, you think of, I mean, I think of all kinds of different uh, characters. So we'll see if they're on this list. But Chunk coming in at number 12. All right, on to, of course, on to number 11. I just kind of talked about him in the last uh, episode of East Society. Uh, Ash from the Evil Dead movies, the first three. As well as um, uh, Ash versus the Evil Dead, if you guys have seen that TV series. But Bruce Campbell, of course, he's one of the kings of the 80s. Uh, the first film, amazing. My favorite film out of the original three is Evil Dead 2, basically a remake of of the first one with a, with a bigger budget and everything. But Ash is just awesome. Bruce Campbell pops up in everything. It was awesome that he popped up in... Um, Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, pretty much doing the exact same thing he did in, in Evil Dead 2. When we see him, uh, Pizza Papa, when the, his hand comes and starts beating himself up. Um, I thought that was cool. And uh, the Evil Dead movies, I mean, so the the original one, just being, I think it was 1981, I think, I can't remember, of him just being... Uh, this iconic character. I mean, the first time I saw that film, I didn't know it was going to be Ash. I mean, this huge character now in 2023 and as the years uh, after the movie came out and then Evil Dead 2 came out and then Army of Darkness, uh, I believe it was 91, I think. I can't remember. Uh, and then years later, we get Ash versus the Evil Dead. And in 2013, we get the remake. Uh, he was one of the producers for the 2013, as well as the 2023 uh, Evil Dead Rise. He was him and Sam Raimi were one of the executive producers. So he's been out there. Briscoe County Jr. He's got a bunch of different uh, characters. I mean, all three of the Sam Raimi Spider films, Spider-Man films, he popped up in. Basically, gave Spider-Man his name in the first film because. Uh, because when he went up to uh, wrestle, uh, was a bone saw, bone crusher. I can't remember. Uh, shout out to the late and great Macho Man. Saw. The late and great uh, Randy Savage, uh, rest in peace. Um, 
Yeah, because he goes, I'm the, the human spider. And went, what? He goes, that's all you got, kid? And then he ended up saying, the amazing Spider-Man. So, but Ash, he, of course, he's within the horror community in the, the 80s. I mean, Ash, he, I mean, you go to every, doesn't have to be a horror con. Somebody's cosplaying as him in, in some different way. I've seen uh, just kids, little kids. I've seen uh, the women version of Ash. Uh, and everything, and it's cool, man. I think he's he's got his his uh, his mark and his spot in pop culture, especially from the '80s and the Evil Dead films, which are still going, which is crazy from the very first one up to 2023, and we're still coming out with more movies. They didn't go haywire with the movies like uh, the other Friday the 13th, the Halloween's, the Nightmare on Elm Street. Amityville Horror to me is the the one uh, horror franchise that has pretty much the most movies. There's like over 20, I would say, right now. Are they all good? No. To me, the only the only three, the first three, are the only ones worth watching. After that, it just yeah, the remake was cool with um, Deadpool, uh, Ryan Reynolds. That one was cool, and then there was a couple other ones that were in the between, but. A lot of the, uh, the last one I watched was just terrible. But Ash, he's definitely got his spot on this list. And I would put him more down towards the bottom. But all right. What do you think of Ash? Yeah. I mean, even as a person that uh, didn't, you know, obviously follow it very closely, his influences, you know, I obviously am super familiar with the character and everything like that. So, uh, yeah, like I said, speaking from someone who's not even like a big Evil Dead fan, you know, I can't help but, you know, know the character even outside of you. It's just like it's just ingrained in pop culture. So um, when uh, I sent you clips earlier this evening of uh, Bruce Campbell guest starring on the, the latest Impractical Jokers where uh, Q had to go through a, uh, a punishment of, uh, of being uh, basically Ash. And uh, because, like, Q actually would enjoy it too much, they threw in the angle of, like, who scam was actually giving it to him. Like, he wasn't being, like, cool with him. Like, uh, I can't remember all the... I sent you two clips, but I don't know how much I got in there. But at one part, Q, like, couldn't help but like start going off like reminiscing like oh like this meant so much to me and and i i when i was in scouts um i would you know pretend to be in the cabin and he's like telling the story and reese campbell's like yeah we don't care we don't want to hear your story (laughs) i mean that's how iconic he is still i mean even on Impractical Jokers TV show twenty was it twenty twenty two or this year? Uh, this year, yeah. I mean, yeah, he's still he's still in everyone's hearts. I know some people are like who, but uh, <laughs> yeah. if you're listening oh. to this show, you should know who Bruce Campbell is. <laughs> Have you ever seen Burn Notice? Uh, I've seen a few episodes. It just wasn't for me, really. Yeah, it's. It was right there in that uh, USA lineup. You know how much I loved Psych, and it had kind of had that that vibe of Psych, like that uh, kind of case of the week thing. It was a spy who was 
disavowed by the government and then he just kind of uses his skills to help people like each week and um yeah jeffrey donovan was the main guy in it but bruce campbell was like his main guy like his his go-to guy that would like help him with uh, everything that was going on so yeah he was awesome in that so <laughs> But yeah, Ash from uh, The Evil Dead coming in at number 11. So move on. Oh, crap. Hold on. Moving in down the list. All right. Number 10. I uh, just mentioned him earlier. Marty McFly. Of course. Back of course. to the Future films. Well, one, two, and three. Uh, I love all three of them, but I think two was probably my favorite more of because they went into the future. With all the futuristic stuff, with the flying cars and the hoverboard and, and, and everything, I just I just thought that was uh, amazing, and it's it still holds up today. I mean, even the Jaws uh, nineteen and the hologram. I mean, and that was that was set like a few years ago. <laughs> we already passed it, and we don't have hoverboards. We don't have flying cars and all that yet but uh it was cool at that time when it came out in the 80s to to see wow how this could be the future and didn't really think it was gonna be we come and gone already <laughs> so i mean we do got a lot of uh different little um we got the internet and we got fucking cell phones that do everything pretty much but Marty McFly, he's an awesome character. I mean, Michael J. Fox, he he's one of the kings of the 80s as well. He was in a bunch of things. Uh, Family Ties, Alex P. Keaton. Um, but he did do some movies. He was in uh, one of the movies that we covered, Class of 1984. He was only in it for a little bit, but he was in it. Um, and other things that I'd seen him in. But his big rise to fame, other than these films, was Family Ties. But, I mean, he's cool. I mean, I've always loved uh, this character. Uh, and he was a skateboarder, so I really loved that. <laughs> it was cool. But, yeah, I mean, I know there's still talks in remaking these films. I guess. Oh. I don't know. No. Uh, I, that was, like, even 10 years ago, uh, I think Zemeckis said, as long as he's alive, that'll never happen. I don't know how many more years he's got left in him, but uh, I'd like 10 years ago he said that. So as long as he's alive, uh, he's going to make sure it doesn't happen. So if there's anybody uh, close to him that, uh, you know, would make sure his wishes don't go through, it's, 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 it's you know, not going to happen. So, <laughs> well, I believe he, uh, no, he's still alive. Who's the one that passed away? Um, who was the one that did Ghostbusters? Ivan Reitman. Ivan Reitman, yeah, all right, because his son did the other one. But uh, I mean, Robert Robert Zemeckis, he's given us a lot of good things. I mean, of course, Forrest Gump and stuff like that. But um, I think if they did, I mean, of course, I'll see it. But I mean, I don't think it'll. It'll be as good as this. I mean, will it be set like now and then going back to the future in the eighties the or I don't know. I mean, I it, it just I think it's too late. It wouldn't work. Just leave it alone. 
These yeah. films, these films are awesome. But I mean, yeah, Marty McFly, it, he is, he is an awesome character. I did love them. I love the second one where he played multiple roles other than uh, his regular self, his older self, and he played his son. Um, I think he was he was Marty McFly too. I think he was a junior, and then. Uh, he played his daughter uh, and everything, so that was funny. I mean, I mean, I just loved it, everything. I thought his character was cool. Uh, other than, again, being a skateboarder, and he did drive a nice little truck and everything, but all the hell that he went through um, just in those three films. I mean, he did pretty much uh, mess his uh, self up by stealing the sports almanac. And then Biff stealing it, and then that starting the whole thing over. But I mean, it was cool. After that first film, when it was over, I mean, this. I mean, some people don't don't remember this when it first came out. When the movie was over, when they get into the DeLorean and it's hovering, and then it takes off and flies at the screen, and it's over. It was over. That was it. There wasn't no to be continued. That they added that later. Some people are like, what are you talking about? No, it's always been that. No, when it first came out, we didn't know there was going to be another one. And then later on, no internet or anything. It was all of a sudden they someone advertised Back to the Future 2. And we're like, what? And we got what we got. And it was cool. But Marty McFly, he's definitely, he's definitely uh, again, one of the kings of the 80s. Uh, I loved his character. I mean, I know uh, Michael J. Fox is dealing with. Uh, with his with his health issues, but it's good to see he's still out there doing this thing. Uh, I know there was one of the videos I saw. He did a film with Joan Jett called uh, Light of Day, and they did the song to the film Light of Day. Uh, this was a few years ago. Uh, she was up there performing that song, and he got up there and played it with her. So I thought that was really cool. He can still play guitar. I also seen him play uh, Johnny B. Good with um, Coldplay at some concert, and he. Because he's still out there doing it, man. He's got his little foundations and everything that he's pushing. So that's good. He's still married to his wife. Uh, the one he met. She played his girlfriend on Family Ties. And then they just stayed married. But yeah, Marty McFly. Awesome, awesome character from the 80s. He's coming in at number 10. All right. Number 9. Uh, of course. But... I don't know if I would have picked this character. I would have picked uh, Reggie Hammond. But uh, Eddie Murphy, number nine, Axel Foley. He's funny. I believe we're getting another one. Uh, the, I mean, unless it was just a rumor. But I, I love the first film. The second film was funny. Third film, not so much. Um, go listen to, uh, I think it was The Action Returns. Uh, Brian and I did all, all three Um films uh beverly hills cops films but this first one it still holds up uh there's some things in there you couldn't do today but uh i did love his character a detroit cop going on vacation in la and then getting um well he went out there because one of his friends got murdered so he went out there to investigate and everything but yeah axel foley what do you think of this character yeah i think i've mentioned this before at some point on the pod that uh this was on my list of like wow it's kind of crazy like uh my folks you know let me see this on uh you know home video rental video it was uh you know right there with uh you know 
RoboCop and and Predator. It's like, wow, <laughs> surprise, you know. Especially when you look back at uh, certain parts of the film. But yeah, I mean, obviously, yeah, super, super classic. <laughs> I loved the beginning of the film when he was selling uh, cigarettes out of that truck. A little undercover mission, and then uh, the cops show up and kind of mess it up. And uh, that one dude, one of the guys, jumps in the front of the big rig and it takes off. And Axel Foley's hanging on in the back, and it, and that truck's hauling ass down the road in, this, in these Detroit streets, small little narrow streets, is just taking out cars. And Axel's hanging on to that little uh, straps or chains or whatever in the back of the truck, and he's just swinging out of the side of the truck and everything, cigarettes and everything falling out. But, that part was good. That was a good way to start it. And of course, the theme song, Axel Foley. I mean, it, I mean some kids hear it today and go, what was this from? But yeah. it, it was a cool song. I liked that uh, they they used it pretty much through all three films. But Axel Foley was awesome. The little quick uh, uh, jab talking uh, Detroit cop in L.A. and everything. I, I, I like his character. He was awesome. Axel Foley coming in number nine. Oh, of course, but this probably would have been way, way, way on the bottom of the or higher or closer to the number one spot. Um, you, you think of the 80s, you can't not quote this film. You can't not talk about the 80s without talking about this film and this character. I know a lot of people did not see it the first run when it was in the theaters. I did. Um a lot of people came onto it with during the VHS days. Um, this was one of those VHS films. It was like two tapes. Like you watched part of the film on one tape, and then you had to put it in the second tape to, to continue watching it. But this is uh, Al Pacino's character from Scarface, Tony Montana. Amazing, amazing film. When did you first see this one? Real Al Pacino. Uh, this is actually the opposite, though, of uh, what I was just saying about uh, seeing Cop in the 80s and, and, and Predator and whatnot. Scarface wasn't something until I saw later, till uh, the late 90s. Uh, and interestingly, <laughs> you know, inspired by uh, uh, all the uh, hip-hop music references, I... Uh, I uh, I went to seek it out then at that point. But yeah, uh, for me, uh, I was, uh, I guess, late to the party as far as uh, Scarface is concerned. Uh, probably the biggest influence in finally checking it out for me was uh, the classic uh, Raekwon album, Only Built for Cuban Links, that uh, is filled with uh, clips uh, straight out of the film. So that was like one of the main things that made me uh, finally seek it out. <laughs> this is a film that my cousin seen and he was telling me about it. Like, Oh my God, man, you gotta go see this movie. I just saw it. And it's awesome. It's this, it's this, and there's guns and shooting and cocaine. Cocaine was big in the eighties, uh, boys and girls for you, for you younger listeners, stay away from drugs. Um, and I was like, okay. I mean, I know who Al Pacino was. I mean, I saw Dog Day Afternoon. I saw Real Al Pacino uh, and Justice for All and uh, Serpico and all that. So I knew who he was. I didn't know who this this character. I didn't know it was a remake 
because there was a movie back in however year the black and white era um it wasn't like this <laughs> it wasn't uh, as as uh, uh the f bomb flying through the whole movie i can't remember exactly how many times he had said it but i mean it fit his character a cuban refugee coming to america just trying to look for that uh, american dream and he gets caught up in the dope game and that's how he creates his empire but tony montana i mean he, again he's got so many lines that people spit out i know the main one everyone goes say hello to my little friend that was funny when i first saw it but that was like the the line from the film that got played out the most and i'm like uh i mean they tried they threw it in everything i mean it was it was everywhere at that point but then i mean the the thing that's still cool about tony montana uh, the character he's still in pop culture today you mean like like disease said hip-hop i mean even today people still reference tony montana in uh, in their hip-hop music even in metal songs there's uh, tony montana references um uh, you go to a, a swap meet you'll see tony montana t-shirts or whatever or, or go in somewhere and you see posters of it I mean, it, it, it's crazy on how he's still out there. And, and like a lot of the younger generation now, I mean, they'll YouTube, they'll, they'll watch the scenes or if it's streaming on somewhere. I mean, I, I again, I saw it. Um, if it wasn't the weekend it came out, it might have been the second weekend. But I, I saw it in its initial run. And it was, um, they did have an intermission. They paused for like uh, 10 minutes for everyone to run to the bathroom, go get more snacks and then come back. Um, but I was blown away by this movie when I first seen it. I was like, wow. And I mean, of course, growing up in Oakland, you see drugs and everything everywhere, but not to this extent of uh, Coke and <laughs> just pounds and pounds and pounds of it. But I mean, I love this film. This is one of those ones, no matter what, if it's on TV no matter what part it's on, I will sit there and watch it to the end. Even if, even if it's cut up and edited, we'll edit out all the f bombs and everything. I mean, I'll still sit there and watch it. It's it's I just, I love it that much. I, I'm kicking myself for never getting any of those um figures that he had for a little bit. I mean, I can still get them now, but they're probably a little more pricey. But and I'm surprised I don't even have a Scarface poster in, in here in the studio. I mainly just got uh, toys everywhere <laughs> and Star Wars stuff on the walls. But, I mean, I love this film. I love this character. Tony Montana was hardcore. Uh, the video game, I don't know how he survived uh, getting shot a billion times and then take a shotgun blast, but uh, he survived in the video game. Uh, Kyle... Um, he played it first. He didn't know who Tony Montana was. He just played the game because he thought it was cool. When I told him, I said, this was a movie. He was like, what? So I showed the end to him on what happened because he goes, that's how the after he, he said, that's how the beginning uh, the the game starts. And I said, well, this is what happened to him. He was a bad guy. He was a murderer. He was a drug dealer. So, I mean, but everyone puts him up on this high pedestal as as the hero and everything. But I don't know. Again, I still love his character. Awesome. Coming in at number eight, this is uh, Al Pacino's character from Scarface. 
Tony Montana, a political refugee from Cuba. <laughs> All right. Uh, number seven. I liked the movie. I love David Bowie, but uh, I can never pronounce his name from uh, Labyrinth. Um, is it Jareth? I seen the movie once, and I don't even remember much of it. Are you uh, familiar with Labyrinth? Oh yeah, uh, that you. Yeah, you got it. And um, yeah, no, huge, huge fan from the beginning. And obviously, I love Bowie. And yeah, it's a amazing performance. Um, that's one of the. I'm. I'm glad I have uh, his. Funko Pop, but uh, I regret not getting the rest of the Labyrinth uh, Pops, and now that's one that I should have known that uh, those were all going to be like instantly, like you know, valuable. So I'm glad I got the uh, Bowie Jareth uh, character. So I don't remember much of the movie. I saw it once. Um... I did no. I saw I I saw it when it came out. Whenever that was in the eighties, um, and I I might have seen it HBO Showtime or one of those other times. Um, Tiga really loved this movie when she was a kid. She liked this one and Dark Crystal. She watched those movies over and over again. But yeah. I think she was more uh, a fan of this film. She didn't know it's who got David a huge Boy was. Following it's got a huge like cult following. Yeah, I mean, a lot of people that, that that are into it now, younger people, are just, they kind of just came across it on uh, maybe VHS, DVD, or cable or whatever. But it's good to see that uh, people are still keeping this character alive, still keeping the spirit of David Bowie alive with his music and everything. So but, uh, it was sad when it happened, but um, I know he's left us with a ton of ton of good music. Um, and the, the 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 roles he played, but this I know this is probably the biggest one that everyone goes to. I liked him in that movie, The Hunger. Um, that was in the eighties. Um, that one was really cool. Um, he was a vampire in that. It was it was a a weird type of film. It was really slow. It wasn't. Um, that one came out in eighty three. It wasn't. Uh, your typical vampire film. It was one of those ones that uh, it was a Tony Scott film. And if you guys are familiar with Tony Scott's movies, it's like really, really drags. <laughs> so, but it's got Susan Sarandon in it and um, Willem Dafoe was in it as well, from what I remember, and a bunch of other people. But yeah, if you guys have seen The Hunger, uh, check it out. But uh, David Bowie's character in Labyrinth. Jeez, that came out in 1986. Uh, Jennifer Connelly. Yeah, Jennifer Connelly was in this. Okay, I remember now. Um, is it on? I haven't... Uh, well, if you got Pluto... Well, everyone can get Pluto TV. If you haven't seen Labyrinth, um, definitely check it out. Um, 16-year-old Sarah is given 13 hours to solve a labyrinth and rescue her baby brother Toby when her wish for him to be taken away is granted by the Goblin King, Jareth. Yeah, so check it out. It, it's it's a cool little movie. It's um, I wouldn't go as far as calling it a musical, but there is songs in it, and David Bowie does uh, sing in it. So definitely check it out. But yeah, coming in at number seven, David Bowie's character from Labyrinth, Jared. 
All right. Number six. Uh, he. I didn't. I didn't. I still don't really care for this film. I mean, I know it's huge, especially it is a cult film. Um, what's his nuts? Uh, Mr. Mom. Uh, Batman for some of you, like the Zisu, he's not Batman. Uh, Beetlejuice. Um, uh, what's his nuts? Um, the director of someone's yelling, yeah, Tim Burton. Uh, I like the claymation stuff, I like the sets and everything, and it's got my the love of, love of my life. Yeah, my wife's the love of my life, but uh, yeah, in Hollywood, Winona Ryder, <laughs> I love her to death. If you're listening to the show, uh, you already know, but. I don't know, man. I remember when this movie came out, uh, everybody was ranting and raving about it. So me and my friend went and seen it. And I was like, uh -huh, that was okay. But then my uh, when it came out on VHS, my art teacher played this movie to death. It was on like every day. And I was just getting burnt out <laughs> from this film. I haven't seen it in a really long time. Uh, the kids liked it. Uh, Tiga, she, I told her, you should watch this one. <laughs> And uh, she she really liked all the stuff in it. She liked all of Tim Burton's little crazy things. But uh, Beetlejuice, it's funny. I liked. I think my favorite part is in in the film is when he's sitting. Uh, I think it's towards the end when he's uh, sitting in line for uh, I don't know. But and he's sitting next to that. Um, I think he's a headhunter or a voodoo guy, and he uh, takes his number, and then that guy pulls out a little powder and. Sprinkles it over Beetlejuice's head, and his head shrinks. Uh, that that it's it, it's cheesy and everything, but I, I love that part. But what do you think of Beetlejuice, the character and the movie? Yeah, uh, I get you on as far as uh, like I I liked it, but I I get that kind of like I, I found it to be like I I had it a lot a lot in my life too. So it was like a kind of thing where I was like, yeah, it was cool but i can't say i was ever like the hugest you know fan of it i thought it was i thought it was good too but uh it's interesting uh he's uh after all this time uh he's coming back they're uh, they're bringing him back they're gonna do another one i'm sorry mighty another beetlejuice sorry everyone i had my mic muted <laughs> but Tim Burton doing it? I think so. I think like everybody that can is returning. Uh, of, of course, man. Um, they'll they'll back that truck uh, up and uh, Alec Baldwin. Ooh, Alec Baldwin. Hmm. I know he's going through his his issues. Gina Davis. Yeah, of course, Michael Keaton would do it. Um, I mean, that's obviously the most important <laughs> returner. <laughs> Catherine O'Hare, yeah, she's she's still out there. She could do it. Winona Ryder, of course. Uh, Jeffrey Jones, uh, he kind of went through some some stuff too. I'm not sure if he is still acting. Let me see. Um, last thing he did was in 2019. He he did some stuff. I don't know if it was like child porn or something. Um, 
guess you don't need him to come back. Uh, well, no. uh, what about uh, Ortho? No, he passed away. Um, There's uh, really we, only one we, person you need. Yeah, team. I mean, well, of course you need Winona Ryder, too. And if she's in it, of course I'm going to see it. But do, do they need Alec Baldwin and do they need Gina Davis? No. Um, yeah, probably not. But I don't know. We'll see on uh, how it goes. I mean, if it's coming out, I don't. Probably not not anytime soon, right? Uh, I don't know. I mean, I think like yeah, like they're getting to work with as far as the production and whatnot. So. It just says Beetlejuice too. There's no uh, Jenna Ortega and Michael Keaton are the only ones listed so far. Hmm. Jenna Ortega, she's a little cutie. Uh, she ain't Wednesday, but uh, did you watch the whole thing? I didn't, uh, and it's funny too because that was a, a huge hit. Like everybody was talking about it, but uh, I didn't. I did not see it. She was in Dumbo. I don't even remember that movie was garbage. <laughs> but um, yeah, we'll see it when it comes out. So yeah, I didn't know. News to me. All right, yeah, Beetlejuice coming in number six. On to number five. Yeah, 80s too. Matthew Broderick, of course. This was probably, I guess, his biggest movie. I mean, he's been in a ton of things. Um, Ferris Bueller, uh, the character from Ferris Bueller's Day Off. I remember when this movie came out, my buddy went and saw it and was just ranting and raving on how amazing it was. And he was so into it, he tried to be thinking he could be Ferris Bueller. I was like, man, shut up. <laughs> Nobody cares about you. <laughs> but uh, I haven't seen this movie in a really long time. Uh, I did I did love the film. I thought it was awesome. And yeah, Jeffrey Jones was also in this one. Um, Cameron and Simone and them just having a fun day in Chicago. Um, I actually, well, I kind of met him. I guess you could say that. I mean, he looked and smiled. Um, the guy that plays, uh, Cameron, uh, what the hell is his name? Um, someone's probably screaming it. It's a name that I can never really remember. Uh, Alan Ruck. Yeah, see, I was, uh, in LA trying to find a parking spot in Hollywood. I was driving around in circles and I passed this, uh, this, uh, gym. And he came walking out, and he was getting into his car. I saw him. He looked at me, and I went, Cameron! And he just kind of nodded and uh, smiled, and that was my little meet with him. <laughs> but uh, he at least accepted was cool with it. And I mean, some people, if you call, uh, like if you guys call Matthew Broderick Ferris, who knows? Maybe he's cool with it. But uh, it was cool that he like just smiled and uh, gave me the nod and everything. But uh, Ferris, he was cool. I loved how everybody was down for him. Uh, that one, um, we got Paramount Plus. It's on there. I guess I should watch it again. I haven't seen it in a long time. But I loved uh, everything um, that was in it. The one line from uh, Grace. What the hell was her name? Because she, she ended it with, yeah, they all think he's a righteous dude. 
Um, but yeah, there's there's other lines from this film, but everyone loved him. Uh, I'm kind of glad they didn't. Uh, well, I think they did a TV show, didn't they? You remember? Not that I remember. I thought they did a TV show for this. Maybe it didn't uh, last very long, but now all I'm getting is the the movie. Maybe I'm thinking of something else, but um, I love this character, and the movie was good. I mean, I didn't love it as much as my buddy did, but <laughs> it was a cool movie, and I loved it. I loved how he always talked to the camera and, and how he just got away from everything. I mean, I think my favorite film, or my favorite part in the film was at the end when he's trying to run home to beat his sister, uh, Jennifer Grey, because she just hated her brother and how everyone loved him. So I, he was running through, running and running through backyards, jumping over on trampolines and everything, trying to get home before uh, his sister or for his mom and his, his dad getting home. I love that part and all the stuff of them just doing everything. I was watching something one time. These people kind of broke down everything he did that day, saying it would, it would have been impossible for him to do all of that, especially going to the baseball game. They were like, what did he do? Did he go in there for like one inning and leave? I mean, I don't know. <laughs> but um, it, it was it was it was funny, though. I can't, I can't remember what I saw. It was a video I saw. But I mean, the movie was funny. I loved it. Um, and Ferris Bueller, he was a cool little character. What'd you think of it? Yeah, yeah. Um, iconic character, iconic role. All these years later, still, you know, so. Yeah, well-deserved uh, spot on the list. <laughs> yep. Alrighty, on to number four. I assume this is from the first film. There's multiple films in this series. Uh, I know everyone loves the second one the most. Not me. I'm going to stick with the original, and this is Arnold Schwarzenegger's character, The Terminator. Uh, I When I saw this film, I had no idea what it was. Um, we went and seen something else, and then, um, I guess, yeah, I don't even remember what I saw. But we went in, oh, there's a new uh, Arnold movie, because we already knew who Arnold was from Pumping Iron. This came out in 84, uh, Conan the Barbarian. And I remember seeing the poster, like, yeah, he's some guy with sunglasses on and a, and a gun. I didn't really read into it. I didn't know he was a cyborg. I didn't know he was sent back from time. So we went in and sat and watched this movie. We came in, the first time I saw it, it was the opening weekend, I remember that. We came in on the scene when Kyle Reese's character was in that store, the Goodwill or whatever, uh, when he uh, took the jacket and took the um, the black Nikes. That was the part we came in on. So we didn't see the beginning and we didn't know what was happening. We just, well, when he started getting into action and killing people, we just, I just thought he was a killer. But then when we found out, it was me and my brother, when we found out he was a robot, I was like, whoa, this is awesome. And then the whole movie from there on of him, uh, I love the scene when he goes into that nightclub and starts gunning everybody up. And then when he goes into the police station, and kills all the cops in there. It was awesome. And the the the, the special, the practical special effects for nineteen eighty four, this is what we had, everyone. Boys and girls, for those of you that were 
that laugh at the special effects of the 80s. Hey, man, we didn't have CGI. We didn't have none of that. So, But this is one of James Cameron's, to me, one of his best films. I love it. And the character is awesome. I mean, they made numerous movies. Uh, if you have HBO Max, it's streaming on there. But I've always loved this character. I, I'm one of the rare guys that liked all the movies. Terminator, T2, uh, Judgment Day, uh, Terminator 3, Rise of the Machines, uh, Genesis. Um, the, what was that? Dark Fate was the last one. Even the... Uh, the I guess it was supposed to be a I don't know if it was a prequel, but the one with um Batman, Christian Bale, uh Terminator Salvation. I liked that. Um yeah, there was a weak CGI uh Arnold in it, but yeah, he was in it. But I mean I liked everything about this character and it was cool. The thing is that I didn't like about this series is they made he was a bad guy. Then they turned him into a good guy. But I was like, eh, all right, whatever. It, it fit their story, what they were trying to trying to sell to us. So, But um, the Terminator, it was amazing. Again, I was shocked to find out that he was a cyborg. He was a robot. Um, uh, a armored endoskeleton inside, of, uh, under flesh, living flesh. However, they, they described it. He was... Um, was it zero series series model uh, 101 um and it was awesome i love i love the posters when they used to put paragraphs on it. i guess i should have read it when i first saw it i just when i cuz i had walked by the theater to go to the bus stop in the year of darkness 2029 which is a few years from now the rulers of the planet uh devise an ultimate plan they would reshape the future by changing the past. The plan required something that felt no pity, no pain, no fear, something unstoppable. Unstoppable. They created the Terminator, but yeah, I love this character. I still love it today. Arnold's still out there doing it. Will they do another one? I don't know, (laughs) but dark fate wasn't the greatest, but it was, it was all right. We still got Terminator, but all right. What did you see? Think of the character Terminator and, uh, the first film and all the other ones that followed it. Yeah. I mean, legendary and, um, you know, super influential. It is interesting how it is a series they keep trying to go back to, but for the most part, people haven't been happy with it. I actually, I, I, like I said at the time, I thought dark fate was the best one since, T2, in my opinion, uh, in the series. So uh, I I did really like the last entry they did. But uh, yeah, I mean, just the fact that uh, they have made so many spinoffs, it's uh, clearly an influential character. Um, Yeah, you know, (laughs) undeniable. I still want some gargoyles, those sunglasses he had after um, his eye got all messed up and he took his eyeball out before he went into the um, the police station and shot up everyone. He uh, reaches down and puts the sunglasses on and then fixes his hair and everything. All right. This is the only one of the issues that I had with this. Uh, this stuff, <laughs> this mold of the Terminator. Uh, 
in the, in the in the beginning of this one, when we first see Arnold uh, come back, uh, traveling through uh, time, and he's naked and everything, and he's looking over uh, L.A. His hair is just normal looking. How Arnold probably had his hair. It didn't get all spiky until after he jumped through the fire when he was chasing Sarah Connor and Kyle Reese down that hall or down that alleyway behind the nightclub. That's when it got spiky because it got singed. But the movies after this, Terminator 2 and everything else, that when they sent back Arnold in, in the second one, he came back, he instantly had the spiked hair. I'm like, wait, this is the same model. Uh, from the, I was like whatever okay <laughs> but it's a nitpick I know people like get over it no I could never get over it. I didn't I just didn't I didn't understand why but all right whatever it, it's nothing it doesn't take anything away from the story or make me hate the character but to me I think this is one of James Cameron's best films uh, the Terminator and the character alone Terminator was badass I liked him when he was the bad guy. Uh, unstoppable killing machine. Yeah, I liked uh, when he became Uncle Bob in the second one. That one was funny. If anything, if you guys have not seen Terminator 2 or you haven't seen the um, the Skynet edition, the one with all the extra scenes in it, um, I think my favorite scene in that is when uh, John Connor is teaching uh, the Terminator how to smile. And that part was funny. And Kyle Reese, he made he did make a, a cameo in it, and there was there's some other things. That they added in that in that edition. So if, if you want to see the extended one, check out the Skynet edition of uh, Terminator Two: Judgment Day. Um, but the Terminator, awesome, awesome character. I love it. I'd probably keep it around this era. He's coming in at number four. On to number three, Bruce Willis, John McClane from the Die Hard films. I. I liked all of them. The first one being the best, one of the greatest holiday Christmas movies ever made. Um, but the last one, I can't remember, Die Hard or Die Another Day or whatever. I don't, I don't remember exactly what they called it. But I don't know. I hear that they want to do one more, but they can't now because uh, Bruce Willis is retired from um, acting. So... Because of health issues. But what was that last one? Uh, oh, A Good Day to Die Hard. That was when he had uh, his son come in. And I don't even remember what, what even happened in this one. But I liked the character, John McClane. He was just an average guy. A New York cop came to L.A. to see his wife. They were going through some uh, marital issues. And he gets caught up in this in, in this robbery that's going on in the Nakatomi building, and then all hell breaks loose. I mean, watch. I think it's the movies that made us when they talk about this. I mean, because they didn't, they didn't think Bruce Willis had it to had what it took to be an action star because of his music career and uh, moonlighting. Moonlighting, which came on ABC or during this time, they didn't think that. He could uh, hold the crowd uh, as an action star. I mean, they, like they didn't even want him on the poster for the movie. They just wanted to say Die Hard and have a picture of the the, the building. But um, after that first weekend, we saw this that weekend it came out. 
we went and seen something else. I can't remember what it was. And uh, shout out to my brother D. Rest in peace, brother. I miss you and I love you. He said, let's go see Die Hard. I hear it's good. And I was like, okay. So we walked into the next theater. And uh, we we missed maybe the first five, ten minutes. I don't know. It was right before um, uh, what's his nuts? Uh, what's the bad guy's name? Hans Gruber. Right before they showed up to the Nakatomi. Uh, that's when we came walking in. So I, I didn't really know what the hell was happening. But we watched the whole movie and I was like, damn, this is awesome. So we stuck around to watch, watch it again because we wanted to see what we missed. But uh, John McClane's character. I mean, I there's a a children's book, a diehard uh, of this. I mean, I, I read it to my grandsons uh, during the holiday season. But I I love this movie. I love the the next ones. I mean, there, there was a big gap, and then we got what was the one with the jet? Um, it had a uh, uh, what's his name in it? Tim. What's that guy's name? He was in uh, Boba Fett. He had his armor. Uh, Live free is what it was. <laughs> or die hard. Uh, okay. <laughs> but yeah, live free or die hard. That one, I know everyone tore that one apart. Uh, for a stupid Timothy Oliphant, yeah, for and uh, I just remember Maggie Q was in it. She was awesome, and Justin Long was badass. And Kevin Smith as well. He was in it. I think it was the Warlock or something like that. But this one, I know everyone thought it was stupid. They hated the whole part when he was riding around on the jet. I was laughing my ass off <laughs> through all of that. But uh, it was just it was cool to see uh, John McClane again after. Uh, so long. I think the the one before that, um, Die Hard with a Vengeance. What was that? Ninety five, and that was the last time. And then he came back, and uh, for another film. And then he gave us one more. And then, but John McClane, he is also one of the kings of the eighties, character wise. And uh, I think, yeah, I, I would be in this range uh, to keep him. But yeah, what did you think of all of this and his character <laughs> in a whole? Yeah, I mean, a lot of people say it's the most influential, you know, action hero of all time because it set the stage for, like, the every man to step in. And it's not just, uh, you know, Stallone as uh, Rambo or Schwarzenegger. It's not that, just that type, like... uh, this character sets the stage for for the everyman to be the the action star and and they always talk about like uh die hard but on an airplane die hard but at a ski resort die hard but this and that like it's just it's that iconic that uh it just set the stage for uh action movies and movies in general for uh, years to come you know there's rumors and talks of them remaking this. I, if they did, I'll see it. But I just nah. I'm, I think Bruce Willis is John McClane, but 
who am I to say that? <laughs> so, but I don't know. We'll see uh, what happens. But um, yeah, John McClane, he he was an awesome character. Like Zizi said, he was that uh, man's man. I mean, he was in shape and everything, but he wasn't all, um, uh, yeah, muscular like Arnold and muscular like like Stallone or anything. But yeah, he was buddies with them with that whole Planet Hollywood thing. So, but yeah, John McClane coming in at number three. All right, number two. Hmm. I don't know about this character, but I mean, he is an iconic character, and he was set in the eighties. Um, the first film I believe came out in eighty. Hmm, I want to say like eighty four. Oh, I'm right on the money. Uh, Freddy Krueger from A Nightmare on Elm Street. Well, that first film came out. In 1984, and he is coming in hot at number two. Um, okay, I mean you you gotta you gotta put him in there. I mean, I don't know if he'd be on my list, especially this so close to number one. But uh, all right, I mean Robert England, awesome, awesome guy. If you ever get if you ever get to meet him, uh, do meet him. Um, to me, uh, out of the Nightmare series. Only the first three other ones that I own uh, that I really liked. I didn't care for the ones after it. It just got slapsticky and stupid, in my opinion. I know a lot of people love those films that came after Dream Warriors. Dream Warriors, the third Dream one being being my favorite one. That <laughs> to me, that's that is the ultimate Nightmare on Elm Street uh, film. Dream Warriors. That was hell good. I love that film. I love the song uh, from Dawkins. <laughs> but Freddy Krueger, uh, he yes, he is an iconic character. Um, the thing that I didn't like about, uh, not about him or, or what he did in the films, um, well, they, well, Wes, Wes Craven directed uh, the first one and the uh, Wes Craven's New Nightmare. I can't remember if that was the, uh, the sixth one, I think. No, it's either the, no, the seventh one. Um, I think it's seven. Uh, the way Freddy, his appearance looked, they didn't know he was going to be this huge iconic character. They just kind of did the makeup, made the film and everything, and then put it out. And then as the movies went, of course, the budgets got bigger. Um, and they kept changing the, the way his face looked and everything. Uh, I really liked how he did look in uh, Wes Craven's New Nightmare. I did, I did like that. But yeah, when I first saw that film, I didn't know. We saw it the opening weekend because I remember they were showing the the TV spot like constantly. So I was like, okay, another new horror movie, right on, cool. I mean, I know who Wes Craven is. Uh, I didn't know um, Robert England was Freddy Krueger until uh, the credits were rolling. But uh, I was like, okay, cool. When the movie was over, I laughed. And I was like, oh, this is pretty awesome. And it, it did freak me out a little bit at the time. But the thing that I remember the most seeing it that first weekend when it came out is these uh, four little kids, these four little black kids, uh, four little boys. They came in and sat down uh, like close to the front. I don't know. They probably went not seen something else. But they came in and sat down and started watching it. The scene when Nancy uh, gets a phone call and she picks up the phone and says hello, and then um, Freddy Krueger's like, I'm your boyfriend now, or whatever the line is, and then this tongue comes out of the receiver and, and licks her face. 
those four little kids jumped up. Well, first they screamed. Then they all jumped up and ran out of the theater and never came back. <laughs> so I remember I, I could see that clearly. And I would just, the whole theater just busted up laughing at those four little boys as they ran out. But Freddy Krueger, of course, he is uh, an iconic character of the 80s. Um, I, don't, yeah, I guess I would put him on the um, a Mount Rushmore of uh, 80s killers <laughs> or whatever. But um, I don't know. Uh, of course, you know who Freddy Krueger is. I mean, did you how many of the movies did you see? Yeah, I mean, this is kind of like what I was saying about Ash. Uh, for me, obviously, not a huge horror fan and i didn't really follow him that close but um you know knowing the characters knowing the story see seeing him even it's undeniable and i think that says a lot about uh, a character i i've known you know since i've known you that uh, you've never been the hugest fan of uh of the series and the character and whatnot uh, especially like when I send you things like, you know, with uh, other series and other characters and rankings and things like that. Uh, I know he's usually uh, on the bottom, <laughs> usually, of uh, those kind of things, if I ever send those your way. So, in your opinion. but So, I know that. But, yeah, even, like I said, at the time, I was uh, obviously well aware of a character, which I think says a lot about... Um, you know, it's for, you know, something I didn't even really follow that close, but it was just undeniable. And like the age I was like, you know, you hear about it in school and you hear people talking about the character and the movies and just the, the influence is there. And, you know, it, it, it really was, you know, an influential thing. <laughs> yeah. It, it's funny how everyone, uh, he was a child murderer. <laughs> and but everyone's like, oh, they all love him. Uh, little, I see little kids even today. The little kids dress up as uh, he was Fred Krueger in the first film. He he didn't become Freddy until the second one because that one was called Freddy's Revenge. But um, yeah, it's it's weird. I mean, even this past Halloween, walking around my grandsons and seeing some little kid dressed up as. Uh, all the, the the horror icons that, that I seen that I grew up watching. I mean, Freddie, of course, Michael Myers. I remember posting a little a picture of a kid uh, <laughs> dressed up as Michael Myers. Of course, you see Jason's all over the place, and uh, I saw Leatherface in there as well. But it was cool. It's cool to see that uh, today's youth still keep these iconic characters alive, and uh, Freddy Krueger. Yes, he's definitely one of the uh, kings of the 80s. Um, he, yeah, he would be lower uh, on my list and everything. But I, I I, don't agree with the number two spot, but I do think he, he does have his spot on this list. But, well, excuse me. All right, everyone. Uh, did you see any of them in the theater or after, like, no. VHS or whatever? Yeah, VHS. Okay. Not even the remake? No, nothing in theater. Damn, man, you're missing out. Well, you didn't miss anything after the third film. But anyway, all right. On to number one. All right. Uh, I obviously see who it is, but who do you think the number one 
Hold on. What was the top? The uh, the number one in this list, 80s kids, 12 of the most iconic movie characters from the 1980s. Who do you think number one is? Indiana Jones. And you are correct. <laughs> That's what it is. <laughs> Indiana Jones. Um, well, Star Wars came out in the 70s, but yeah, it's, they Empire and Jedi was in in the 80s as well. But yeah, I mean, going back to the first film, Raiders of the Lost Ark, boys and girls, not Indiana Jones and the Raiders of the Lost Ark. I don't know why they did that shit. But uh, yeah, we're getting uh, one last ride with Indy with the pick of destiny or whatever the hell it's called. Um, I'm excited for it. I mean, other than just to see uh, Indy back on the big screen. I know a lot of people weren't fans of Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. It was what it was. Probably my least favorite out of the original four. But uh, yeah, I mean, I've told this story before when I when I first saw. Shout out to Mike. Uh, he was the one that told uh, my brother and I to go see Raiders of the Lost Ark. He goes, oh, man, it's awesome. It's Han Solo. Uh, and he's this, he's that. He's an archaeologist. And he gets in adventures and all that. So we're like, okay. So we went and saw it. I didn't know Steven Spielberg directed it at the time. But when we saw it, I was like, okay. We just went and seen it. I remember going to the Rockridge Theater uh, in uh, Oakland. It's not there anymore. Um, and seeing the big... Uh, they still have these big cardboard uh, displays in, in some theaters. They had one there. It was uh, the, the the poster of of the film and uh, all that. I just remember going, okay, this looks cool. And big old huge picture of uh, Harrison Ford, Indiana Jones. But still not knowing what this movie was about or anything. But watching the movie and just being blown away by all of this. I only see him as Han Solo. And... But it was awesome. I mean, Harrison Ford's given us so many different iconic characters. I mean, a few in the '80s, and but Indiana Jones was is amazing. I mean, I'm. It's weird that it's still uh, a character today. We got. Is it coming out this year or next year? This year. Um, right around the corner. 2023. We got another Indiana Jones film. When was the first one? Like early '80s, wasn't it? Um, I want to say 83, maybe two, Raiders 81. (laughs) I knew it was early eighties. We got Paramount plus all of them are on there. Uh, we are going to do, uh, rewatches, uh, mainly crystal skull. (laughs) So, but, um, yeah, Indiana Jones. I mean, I, I was blown away as a little kid and ever after everyone, yeah, kids, uh, my age and maybe even now today, after you for you're introduced to this character, you, for me speaking for myself, I wanted to be Indiana Jones. I wanted to, uh, have a fedora and have a whip and get in adventures and get dragged by a truck and run away from boulders and all that. I oh man, it just this movie like changed my life. Not as much as Star Wars did, but I was like, oh my god, I just could not believe it. When was the first time you seen uh, the first film? Very early. Um, I can't. I don't know if I can remember exactly, exactly, but it was one of the kind of things like where it was like an instant rewatchable, like kind of thing. Like it's it's one you. 
you just want to know all the lines and, and just watch all the moments over and over again. So yeah, it is cool that we're getting one last ride here. And, uh, you know, Logan was so well received. It's, uh, that's who's directing it. The, the, the director that did Logan. So, um, should be should be good uh he was they were actually at uh star wars celebration doing a little promotion on this new indie film and uh the director there said um something about like he feels like the first 20 minutes at least of this movie is him trying to do his best uh spielberg uh, impersonation impression before, uh, you know, settling into some of his more of his own tendencies for, for the rest of the film. But, uh, yeah, no, as far as this film goes, uh, or this character, obviously, uh, just, you know, so iconic and well-deserved number one spot in the list. Uh, Definitely be up there for me. Uh, I don't know if it would be number one with a sure shot, but uh, it would definitely be a contender for the number one spot for me. It would be in the top five for me. I Yeah. Yeah. Um, me, uh, an 80s kid. Um, of course, I'm, I, I th- 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 there would be so many different. I mean. It would have to be different lists. Of of course, if it was a horror list, Jason Voorhees is number one. Um, if it was action, uh, not Indiana Jones, but um, I, I love Arnold. I love Stallone, uh, Conan, or John or First Blood. I. Yeah, it would. It, I was. It, we'd be here all night. Me trying to figure it out. I, but horror wise, I knew Jason Voorhees is number one, right out the gate. But when I mean, you look in here at the studio, man, I got three hockey masks hanging, four hockey masks hanging on the wall. I got multiple different versions, Funko Pops, and everything of Jason Voorhees and, and everything. So you, you guys, if you listen to the show, you know how much I love Friday the Thirteenth. I love all of them except for Part Nine. Freddy's, we're uh, Freddy. Uh, Jason goes to hell. Ugh, garbage film, but anyway, it's still in my collection, of course. But all right, everyone. Uh, twelve of the most iconic movie characters from the 1980s. Number twelve, Chunk from the Goonies. Ash from the Evil Dead series. Uh, Marty McFly from the Back to the Future movies. Uh, number nine, Axel Foley from the Beverly Hills Cop films. Uh, Tony Montana, number eight from Scarface. Number seven, Jareth from Labyrinth. Uh, rest in peace, David Bowie. Um, Beetlejuice from num- number six from Beetlejuice. Uh, number five, Ferris Bueller from Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Uh, number four, The Terminator. Uh, number three, John McClane from the Die Hard films. Number two, Freddy Krueger from the Nightmare on Elm Street series. And number one, what was his name? Harry? <laughs> Harry Jr. or whatever. Because um, his dad called him Jr. <laughs> and it, <laughs> Indiana Henry? was the dog. <laughs> Henry Jones? 
Yeah, Indiana. Let me see. Let's see what his yeah, full Henry, name. Henry Jones. His full name. Yeah, it was Henry Jones. Um, geez, 81, 84, uh, 89, then 2008, and then 2023, The Dial of Destiny. I don't know why the pick of destiny keeps popping in my head. Check that movie out, everyone, if you guys haven't, haven't seen it. Did you, were you ever a fan of the young Indiana Jones Chronicles? Yes, but um, it was the kind of thing where it was like, they never grabbed me as much as I was hoping for. Like, it would be the kind of thing I'd turn it on and I had such kind of high hopes. And I was like, yeah, it was okay, but uh, obviously it never lived up to the films. and. As much as I wish it would, uh, I'd obviously I'd actually be willing to revisit it now. But I feel like every time I've revisited over the years, it just never holds my attention. Like I'm like, eh, okay. Wasn't one of the Boondock Saints not Daryl? Wasn't it the other dude that played Young Indiana? Uh, maybe. <laughs> I'll have to look that up a second. Doctor Henry Walton Indiana Jones Jr. I didn't know Walton was in there. <laughs> but let me see. The Young Indiana Jones Chronicles. Uh, Sean Patrick Fenley. Yeah, he was one of the uh, the Boondock Saints. He was uh, the other one, not uh, Daryl. But all right, everyone. That was uh, 80s Kids List. Um, 12 iconic characters from the 80s. Uh to me, they left out uh, John uh, from Breakfast Club. Bender. Uh, John Bender, yeah. They left him out. Uh, they left out Jeff Spicoli. Um, who else? Uh, there was no uh, John Rambo in this. I mean, it's the no Star Wars character. Oh, that came out. That was... If you yeah, want to Darth say, Vader, they got to be Darth Vader or Han Solo in there, but yeah, Empire uh, and Jedi. Uh, you could have got uh, well, that started in the '60s, didn't it? Star Trek, but we did get majority of the films in the '80s because uh, the first film came out in what '79, I think '78, '79. I can't remember when the first film came out, but the TV series. But yeah, I mean they. They left a lot. Of, uh, left out a lot of people that I would have put uh, on this list, but um, yeah, I mean it was a cool little list and a good uh, another way to run down a show for you guys. Um, but yeah, just uh, thank you for listening to our Spotify episodes. Now we're not going to call it Spotify for podcasters or whatever the hell we're calling it, but uh, it's still cool. I mean we're we're here. We got a ton of stuff on here. On our Spotify feed, for those of you to, that listen to everything, thank you. Um, you ever can give us more NBA check-ins? Yeah, I definitely could. It was a great night uh, tonight. Two great games. Uh, heat uh, shocking the world right now. They're the eight seed, and they're up three games to one now on the one seed Bucks. Uh, Jimmy Butler scored the most points uh, in a game in heat history, Miami history tonight. So that was amazing to see. And then um, 
you had the I'm fine in the West Grizzlies go down uh, uh, one game to three. The Lakers on the edge of uh, moving on to uh, face the uh, the winner of uh, Warriors Kings. Um, obviously, I want the Warriors to win. Uh, Kings got a little bit of bad news today. Uh, their best player uh, has uh, broken part of his hand and is unlikely to play in the next game. So uh, helps the Warriors. You never want that to be the reason why you win, but uh, it's so important. I actually think he'll try to go. <laughs> All right. Another sports news before we get out of here. Uh, this happened tonight in Chicago. Triple H on uh, Raw, WWE Monday Night Raw announced the new version of the. Uh, they're bringing back the heavyweight championship belt. I guess they're gonna um, uh, give it to whoever wins. Um, was it Night of Champions? Yeah. Because uh, the first uh, the first champion will be the new version of the title will be crowned at the Night of Champions on May 27th in Saudi Arabia. Uh, cool, because we're gonna get wrestling not on the weekend and early in the morning. <laughs> so uh, that's cool. Uh, I don't know what day. What day is the 20th? Oh, that's on a Saturday. Uh, I'm gonna be uh, flying home. Uh, I. I made an announcement on the regular episode that I might I wasn't going to go to Texas Frightmare. Um, if luck is on my side, I might just go Friday and then fly home Saturday morning so I can rush back over here to go to the Cure concert at Shoreline. So I don't know. My fingers are crossed, everyone. So I might I might make an appearance at Friday night uh, at the uh, Texas Frightmare in uh, Dallas Fort Worth or wherever the hell that is, but. Um, yeah, I'm gonna have to stay away from spoilers, man. I won't be able to watch Night of Champions until Sunday. So, ah, man, that's gonna be tough to not find out who wins uh, that belt, but we'll see. But all right, everyone, that is it. This episode, thank you all so much for listening. Do listen to everything else on here. Uh, if you're new uh, to the show, thank you so much. Shout out to Brian for hyping up our show all the time, every pretty much every day on all the socials and everything. Uh, you can follow us on Facebook. Just search E-Society. Uh, follow us um, over on a regular uh, feed, uh, Podbean feed, um, all the episodes, Magnus Podcast and everything else over there, and all the other Jillian E-Society shows that we have there, and everything under the ESP label. Um, follow us on YouTube. Just search East Society Podcast. Shoot on over to T Public. Pick up a T-shirt, please, please. Uh, support the show by getting a shirt. Um, follow us on Twitter at East Society Pod, at Magnus Pod, at Theo Zisu. Uh, Instagram at East Society Podcast, at the Zisu, at Magnus Pod, and follow us on TikTok at East Society Pod. So, but. Thank you so much, everyone, for listening. We'll be back for more. I'll just find more lists. Or if you find a list, man, just shoot it my way and and we'll do it. But with that, everyone, please be safe out there and come back next time. So until then, party on. Yep. 
Thanks, everyone, for listening. Till next time, have fun, be safe, and we'll see you next time, you society. What's the worst thing I ever done? I mixed up all this fake puke at home, and then I went to this movie theater, hid the puke in my jacket, climbed up to the balcony, and then, then I made a noise like this. And then I dumped it over the side. Oh, and all the people in the audience, then, then this was horrible. All the people started getting sick and throwing up all over each other. I never felt so bad in my entire life. Mom, they're gonna like this kid, Mom. <laughs> Hit puree! No! I'm too young! No! I wanna play the ball!